Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you will be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now, here's Pastor Ron. We're going to begin by looking at the book of Revelation and reading the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. We're living in a time that we need to be able to hear what God is saying. We need to be attentive as to, Lord, what are you doing in this time that we're living in? We need to ask God, God, what are you about to do? What are you saying to us? Open our ears, open our hearts, open our understanding as to what is happening in this hour. Are we in the end of times? Are we in the time where the Bible calls the end of ages? See, the disciples asked Jesus this very question on the Mount of Olives. They asked, when are you returning, Lord? When is the end of time? And Jesus said this in the book of Matthew chapter 24, for a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places in all these are but the beginning of birth pangs. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. When we look at the scripture and we ask ourselves, is lawlessness increasing? Is there more lawlessness, rebellion upon the earth than previously seen? Is the love of, of many waxing cold? I believe it'd be hard to say or answer this, these questions by saying no. I believe we are in a time where we're seeing lawlessness increase. We are in a time where we've seen the love of many waxing colder and colder. But is Jesus returning soon? Is he returning in our lifetime? Maybe or maybe not. But for sure, as Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. For sure, something is happening and something is about to happen. I remember when I was a young man, a lot younger than I am now, and this was before I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. For some reason, I began to have spiritual dreams. And I believe it was God that was trying to reach me because I was an unbeliever at that time. And I had a dream that was so traumatic that I remember it like it was yesterday. And in my dream, I hear giant commotion happening on the streets. And I hear people screaming and, and people running in and, and a state of panic. And I, and I step outside the house, and it was just mayhem. And I look up, and clouds were billowing. And I see a giant light in the shape of a cross coming down from heaven. And I remember people were freaking out. But inside of me was a hope. And I started crying out. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this was before I accepted Jesus in my life. And I think of that dream, and sometimes I ask myself, Lord, will you be coming in my lifetime? The Bible says that no man knows that answer. But I still believe that we are getting closer 
to the second coming of Christ, closer than ever before. You know, for 2,000 years, we see in the Bible that every generation was anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. See, God is still calling us to prepare for the return of Jesus. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And we read again in chapter 24 of the book of Matthew, The love of many during this time will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So I want to look at this question. How do we live a victorious life? Jesus says, the one who is victorious, I will give the right to enter heaven, to experience paradise. Jesus says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. How do we endure? How do we prepare? And we can look at the scripture, and the apostle Peter actually gives the answer to these questions. And he answers these questions in the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. And Peter says this, The end of all things is near. And this is 2,000 years ago. Even Peter was declaring that the end of times is near. And Peter says this, Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray, and above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sin. And Peter was writing this in a time where he himself had been revealed by Christ that he was going to die. That he would, he would be killed, actually. And we know that under Emperor Nero, around 66 AD, Peter was crucified for his faith. And not only was he crucified, the Apostle Paul was beheaded under Nero, too. And we can look at that time and, and say that even at that time, Satan was trying to destroy the church. Satan was trying to destroy the work of God. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries. He never gets the victory. The leaders of the church in the New Testament were all martyred. And we see the church grew and flourished and it was empowered during that time. See, no coronavirus, no virus can stop what God is doing. So what is Peter saying in this passage of Scripture to us? And he's saying three things that I want to look at. Number one, Peter says to be alert and to be sober-minded. As Christians, we don't live in panic. We don't live in fear. We don't live in dread. We don't live spiritually clueless. We're living in this time with an expectation. We're asking God, God, what are you doing? What do you want to do? How do you want to change me? How do you want to prepare me and my house? Without God, we are constantly living in confusion. And you can't help to live in confusion, lack of peace, uh, in anxiety, in fear, in anger, and clueless to what's happening in the spirit. And so what happens without God, without a spiritual mindset, without the Holy Spirit who comes into us when we accept Christ, we end up turning to false peace. 
And we see that today. People turn to all kinds of things to calm anxiety, to calm fear, to, to, to calm this confusion that's within us. But that's not how God has called us to live. God isn't calling us to, to do mantras, to little, you know, statues, little fat people in the corner or candles. And God isn't calling us to, to turn to drugs and to alcohol, to calm stress, fear, and anxiety. We turn to Jesus. We're listening. We're attentive. Say, God, what do you want to do? How do I change? Help me change, Lord, that I can be more prepared for you whenever you do come. So I, I strongly believe that God is sounding an alarm. We are living in a time where there is a wake-up call, a wake-up call. And I also believe that there's a demonic movement upon the earth. And, and I believe there's a warning call as well as a wake-up call. Demonic powers are trying to tear down our nation, trying to tear down Christian values, trying to tear down the Christian foundation by which this country was founded upon. And I believe that the enemy is working overtime because he knows God is about to do something. God is about to do something and the enemy is mad. You know, the devil is just a bully. He's a bully. He tries to instill fear. He tries to cause chaos. You know, he's doing it in a, in a, in a global magnitude, but he tries to do that even in our individual lives. He's just a bully. And he only has power when we give it to him. I remember when I was um, a child, I've told this story before in the church. And I was uh, uh, in elementary school and a Catholic school. And I remember going to school many days dreading to go to school because I was a small little child. And there was a, a young man in my class who was very tall. And he was way too big for his age. He was like a Goliath. And I was a little small David at the time. And so every time I go to the bathroom, he would come and follow me. And he would start bullying me. And, and, and it made my life a, a living hell going to school. Because this, this big guy, this big monster of a guy in my eyes would come after me every time he got a chance. And he was bullying me. He was bullying me. And I was too small to do anything. And, but I remember that I was so grateful to my parents that, that we had moved from that community into another community. And so I was able to get away from this bully. But as the, the devil would have it, I remember one day going to, to pick up some stuff at the market for my mom. And I was maybe like 12, 13 years old. And I get out of the market and, and who do I see? I see this bully. And he brings along another bully. And what do they do? They stop picking on me. I could not believe it. It was like the devil himself had followed me from one community to another. But I was stronger. I was bigger. I was, I was more alert and attentive to, to taking care of myself and, and fighting back. And uh, I won't get, go into the whole story, but I will say this, that I won. I won. And that bully left me alone. Sometimes we have to fight. We have to fight. We can't submit to the ways of this world. We can't submit to being bullied into submission by many times an antichrist spirit. 
You know, I want to say this too. We have to be careful in this hour that we're not deceived. You have to listen to the voice of spiritual leaders that can be trusted. You have to listen to the voice of prophets in the church. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to the truths of the Bible. Be careful not to align yourself with powers that conflict with the truths of God's word, the way he tells us that we should live. Be careful to not be deceived by the voices of this culture that are many times an antichrist voice that would try to get you to compromise and back down. The devil wants to bully you into submission, but we're called to be alert to be sober-minded. In 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We are not going to allow that to happen in this hour. We're going to be sober-minded. We're going to be alert to the devices of the enemy. The second thing that Peter talks about, he says to pray. Peter says, in this time, in preparation for the return of Christ. And honestly, you never know when Jesus is going to return. We don't know if we're going to be alive tomorrow. None of us do. Life isn't promised. And so we're constantly living in a preparation. We need to live with an eternal mindset. And Peter says to pray. Peter doesn't say, listen, get your finances in order. You know, store up gold. Make your basement into a mini Walmart. He's not doesn't deal with that at all. He's saying get your spiritual life in order. Let those who have ears and eyes to see that God is up to something. Something is happening. Peter says pray, get closer to God. And I want to say this that the devil uses isolation. He uses separation from the church, from Jesus, from the body of Christ. He uses separation from people who can help you to grow spiritually, that have a, a, a mindset of faith and that love Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood that we read about in the New Testament, the woman who was sick for 12 years, and, and the Bible says she spent everything she had on trying to get well. Everything she had. And then when she pressed through the crowd, the crowd of this world, the philosophies of this world, the ways of this world, she pressed through the crowd. And when she touched Jesus, when she enjoined herself with his body, see, the body of Christ, she was made whole. She was made whole. We need to get closer to Jesus during this time. We need to get closer to the church during this time. We need to be more engaged now with each other and with the body of Christ now more than ever. We read in the book of Acts chapter 2, a time where the disciples were in kind of a quarantine. They were in incubated and they were all together for 10 days. They were in this room called the upper room. And what did they do in that place together? They prayed. They worshipped. They waited. They waited on what God was about to do 
even though they really didn't know what God was going to do. They didn't really understand that Jesus would pour out his Holy Spirit and empower. They prayed. They worshiped. They were in their house. They were in their home, a home. And the Holy Spirit came and changed the known world at that time. The Bible says in Acts 2, Then a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house. And, and the word for house in the Greek is oikos. And it's translated house in the book of Acts. But then in the book of Luke, this word means temple or church. So isn't it interesting that our homes have become the oikos? Our homes have become the church. Our homes, like in the, in the second chapter of Acts, where they were gathered, they were incubated, they were quarantined together, they were waiting, praying, and worship. Our homes have become that. Is God about to move? Is God about to do something so powerful like he did in the book of Acts? Because when the Holy Spirit comes in power, everything changes. We change. The nation changes. The world opens up to the gospel. That's what we're praying for. Something is about to happen. Will that be what happens in our time, in this hour? See, Peter was in that room. He changed from a fearful person that we know he denied Christ three times to leaving that house and preaching to 3,000 people. And the Bible says they got saved, they got baptized, and they got added to the church, the Bible says. Some theologians call what happened on the day of Pentecost, we read in the book of Acts, as the former reign. We see prophets talking about two reigns, the former reign and the latter reign, meaning two great movements of the Holy Spirit on the earth. In Jeremiah chapter 5, the prophet says, Let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain, both the former and the latter, in his season. See, there are times in history when God rains down his spirit. They're called awakenings. And we see that there have been many awakenings that have really transformed even this nation. And through awakenings, great things happen. The American Revolution was a result of awakening, influencing the heart of men and a desire to worship freely. Ivy League schools were being birthed by pastors because there were so many people getting saved that they had to raise up clergy for all the churches that were needed. The abolishment of slavery and, and, and social causes and social injustice was combated because awakening had stirred the hearts of people to do what was right before the heart of God. Even the YMCA was influenced by awakening, and the YMCA began to stir revival in the communities. Then in the 1960s and 70s, we see the Jesus movement, where hippies on the beaches and, and communities started going to church, you know, with their long hair, no shoes on, sandals, and, and falling prostrate before the Lord because the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully. Are we living in a time where we're going to see the greatest awakening? Are we going to see a move of God that's going to transform this nation, transform the world? The Bible says to ask for that to happen, to ask for the rain. The prophet Zechariah says, ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms. 
He gives showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone. We need to be asking God for a latter rain. We need to be asking God to empower the church in this hour, to touch the world in this hour. In Israel, the former rains came in the autumn time, which was between October and November. But the latter rain came in the springtime, March and April. Can it be God is ready and able and willing to pour out a latter rain? Will we prepare for a latter rain to touch the earth? See, I believe in discernment, in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, prepare. Something is about to happen. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What God will do before the return of Jesus is going to be so big that churches will not be able to contain the move of God. Church buildings will not be able to contain what God will do in a great latter rain that will change the earth from an antichrist spirit to a Jesus-loving spirit. God opens the door to salvation when he pours out revival. The apostle Peter said, prepare for Jesus' coming. He said, be alert and sober. He said, pray. But then the last thing that he said, above all, love each other deeply, deeply, because love covers a multitude of sin. See, Peter's saying, I don't want you to just love your brothers and sisters. God doesn't just want you to, to have a, a casual love. But he says to cover your brother's faults, cover your sister's faults. We need to cleanse ourselves during this time from grudges, from unforgiveness, from gossip, from jealousy. And may I say this, be careful especially on this world of social media, be careful that you don't join in attacking a brother, attacking a sister. See, if you have something to say to a brother and a sister, the Bible says if you have offense, go to your brother, go to your sister. Let it be personal. Let it be done out of love. Let it be done understanding that he who is without sin cast the first stone. See, Peter says, not only love, but cover, but cover. We read a story in the Bible about Noah, where Noah had sinned. He had fallen prey to drunkenness, and he was found naked by his, his boys. And the Bible says that God blessed those who covered his nakedness, and he cursed those who exposed his nakedness. Because obviously, we're all sinners. We're all at fault. We all hurt each other at times. But the Apostle Peter is saying, now is the time, prepare yourself, cleanse yourself. You know, we're, we're told to wash our hands continuously because of this coronavirus. Why? So that we, we don't get infected. Well, God's saying, purify yourself, cleanse yourself, so that we can be pure and ready for a move of God at this time. See, Jesus says, the love of many will grow cold. And we don't want to be part of that many. We want to be those that are prepared. We want to be those that Peter is encouraging. 
Be alert, be sober-minded. Have ears to hear and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us corporately as a church and to us individually in our personal lives and in our home. We want to be those that increase in our worship and our prayer and our devotional life where we talk to Jesus and communicate with him and we get to know him more personally during this time. And then lastly, we want the love of God to fill our hearts one to another. We don't want to have any grudges and unforgiveness. We want our relationships pure because we want to be the spotless bride of Christ and prepared for his return whenever that is. Let me read this last scripture to you. Haggai chapter 2. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give you peace, says the Lord of hosts. I want to pray for you if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life. And you know God is speaking to you where you do need to prepare your life for eternal life, for life after this earth. I want to pray a prayer uh, with you, inviting Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Spirit to come into your life, where you feel the reality of God's love for you. And I also ask those who, who need peace, who need restoration, who need to return to a closeness of Jesus to pray this prayer with us as well. Can we pray? Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I renounce all darkness and lies over my life. And I ask you, Jesus, to fill me with the Holy Spirit, to write my name in the book of life, to prepare a place in heaven for me. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.